40 more stimulating talk. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. And woo-wee, I don't know what's going to happen in the next hour, but I am encouraged by the person who's sitting in front of me, Mona Shake. She's not only a comedian, she's funny. No pressure. No pressure. No, no pressure at all. Mona, you've been on my program before, but it's good to be able to have you back on KFI. You may not know. Yeah. Earlier in the program, I was talking about Dave Chappelle and and the the role and importance that comedians play in dissecting our culture, um, our democracy, and be able to put things which may be uncomfortable to discuss, but within a different context. Where do you come out? I mean, I know you're a comedian, but where do you come out as far as the line in terms of comedian and, I'll say, controversial material? Um, I believe as a comedian that uh, nothing is off limits. Like, everything is on the table. Um, I don't care what it is. Like, you know, if if people are religion, politics, anything. But But you're a walking embodiment of all of that. Yeah, very much so. I think that's why I... I come from that, and I believe that. I think some people are just like, well, certain things are sacred and not to be touched. I, I don't think that. I don't believe that at all. But you say that people may not know your background, more importantly, and I think it's relevant to our conversation in that regard. Yes. They know you're a woman, but also... I'm all woman, baby. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but you're born where? I was born in Pakistan. And uh, we, we were discussing the pronunciation of Pakistan earlier. Yeah. Well, why is there such a debate over the pronunciation? Because, you know, sometimes I say to non-Pakistani people and they're like, huh? And I'm like, it's it's Pakistan. They're like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. You know, so I have to kind of, it's like tomato, tomato kind of thing maybe. But uh, yeah, so I was born and uh, partially raised in uh, Pakistan. And moved to New York when I was 15 years old. Ooh, culture shock. Yeah, super culture shock. No one uh, no one ever tells you that uh, you have, you know, um, pregnant 15-year-olds here until you get here. I mean, we just call them married back back home. <laughs> here they just call them high school students. I was like, oh, my God. They're like, okay. And we're off. At least you're getting your education in, girl. Good for you. Um, yeah, so that was... Uh, yeah, but but comedy was definitely something that just kind of came out of left field for me. I don't think I ever was just like, ooh, stand-up comedy. That's not like a thing you pursue in Pakistan. I don't quite sh- I'm quite sure there was probably some pushback from your family in terms of trying to pursue that. Oh, my God. Pushback, yeah. Uh, pushback of like eight years of push- pushback. Uh, my, my family was less than uh, enthusiastic about the fact that I wanted to be an artist. But I, I didn't start off as a stand-up comic. I started off as a stage actor in New York. You know, So I was a stage actor for a while. Um, and then somebody told me that I was funny, and I didn't believe them. And uh, they were like, you should try your hand at stand-up, you know, go do an open mic. Or maybe you're just a bad actress. I was just, I think I'm a bad actress more than I am that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I would 100% agree with that. I think I'm a pretty terrible actress, maybe. But... And I have to go there because you're going to go there eventually. You grew up Muslim. I grew up Muslim, yes. Oh, the M word. How does that inform your comedy? I think, you know what I feel pretty blessed about living at this time is that I have one foot, you know, like growing up in Pakistan and then growing up here, like it wasn't like I moved here when I was three years old. I moved here when I was 15. I remember every single thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then growing up here... It's just like you have these two – you have a command in a way of like these two worlds that um, if you were maybe born here, you wouldn't maybe necessarily have that perspective if you come from a Muslim background. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because the kind of stuff that you see here who are uh, people of you know Muslim background who are born and raised here defend at 
I wouldn't defend those things. I just won't, you know. Oh, really? Yes, I just simply wouldn't defend those things, you know. Uh, one of the things that I hear a lot, and mostly from Muslim males, Muslim male comedians, uh, one of the things that they keep defending is that, you know, about uh, for women to wear hijab. Now, I believe in the woman to have the freedom to choose and wear whatever she wants. Let's not forget that hijab is a representation of hardcore patriarchy that still exists in the Muslim in Muslim societies. I mean, even just look at what's happening in Iran, in Iran, where the Iranian sisters are fighting to take the hijab off. I mean, if indeed it is such a uh, identity thing, then why are these women, you know, fighting to take it off? Because it is absolutely a symbol of hardcore patriarchy, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go to Saudi Arabia, it's even one more step up. I mean. Saudi Arabia just stepped into letting women drive, for God's sake. In 2018? Congratulations. Congratulations. I mean, what's next? Walkmans? CD players? (laughs) What's next for you, Saudi? What what are we looking at? Take it easy. (laughs) Slow it down there, Ben. You know? I mean, they're they're talking about, oh, how, uh, you know, uh, women uh, should uh, cover themselves. Yeah, okay. If a woman wants to. Yeah, absolutely. But I think there's a there are a lot of Muslim uh, American born Muslims. I'm I'm going to talk about women now who, you know, walk around with hijabs and burqa. That's fine. God bless if you want to wear it. But please do understand where it comes from. Please do understand that there are so many uh, parts of the world where that represents oppression. That's all. You, as someone who has a very distinct perspective and firsthand perspective of all these things that we've been talking about already from nationality to ethnicity to religion, when you hear our president get on Twitter and say something to the following, quote, the United States has foolishly foolishly given Pakistan more than $33 billion in aid over the last 15 years, and they have given us nothing but lies and deceit. Thinking of our leaders as fools. Mm -hmm. They give safe haven to the terrorists. We hunt in Afghanistan with little help. No more. How does that impact you? How would you respond to something like that as a person Mm -hmm. and as an American? You know, uh, as a person, as an American, and then thirdly, somebody who grew up in Pakistan, um, that it's a bit of a crazy comment in the sense that to say that they got nothing out of it. They only got the most wanted man ever that U.S. wanted, Osama bin Laden. Think about if we did not have access to Pakistan. Think about if we did not have those relations or if we did not lift those sanctions or did not give $33 billion to Pakistan. We would never have access to Pakistan to go in and take bin Laden out the way we did. But the, the response would be, well, they were not as forthcoming that that he was within the country at I all. agree with you. I, I think Pakistan has been playing both sides of the field for a very long time. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the fact that Pakistan has been playing both sides of the field. I mean, Pakistan, is, you know, they, they've been a terrorist uh, haven for a very long time. There's no denying about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you know, if you are in a woke person and a more educated and aware person, I mean, Pakistan has just been, you know, they, they've been out there. They've been, uh, you know, they've been trying to, you know, get the money from uh, America and try to play the cool guy with America. But they also try to help to help their quote unquote Muslim brethren out, mm-hmm. you know, to not give them up. And it really is, you know, biting them in the ass uh, because the people suffer. At the end of the day, people suffer, right? The government, the people who sit on the top, the upper echelon can sit around and do whatever they want. But it's the it's really the middle class and the poor people who suffer the most, right? That money that was given, all that aid money that was given, where did that money go? Did that get invested in infrastructure? No. Did, did that open up schools for people? No. Did it bid hospitals? No. Then where did the money go? Where did the money go? 
right? Mm-hmm. I just think that Pakistan, just like most countries in the world, uh, should be ran by women. There, I said it. <laughs> well, damn. I'm, I'm just going to put that we out there. We have nothing to talk about. You ready to go now? You ready that, to go home? That, that, uh, that's it. Let's, let's whip up those lattes. Let's go. Hey, don't you have some performances coming up? I do have some performances coming up. Um... Wow, that was a very intense, serious conversation right now. Oh, we're not done. We will just keep promoting oh, you, I'm though. sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Done. We're oh, not done. sorry. Um, well, I do want to say before I promote the shows is that the thing that I'm really excited about, about uh, Saudi women driving, besides that, is uh, watching ninjas drive. That will be, like, <laughs> literally my favorite thing in the world. What are you talking about? Because during the day, it'll just be sunglasses behind steering wheels, and at nighttime, it'll just be eyes. Like, aren't you excited <laughs> about that? I am. I haven't been to Saudi Arabia, but I can picture what it would be like. I think it will be. I think it'll be pretty hot. I'm just gonna put that out there right now. Uh, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where are you performing and when? Oh God. Okay, so I'm gonna be hitting up the casinos this week. So God help hey. me. And but you know where the casinos are? They're in Arizona and in uh, Nevada. So I'm gonna be doing a casino called the uh, God in uh, Honda uh, in Pine Top, Arizona. Um, and if you guys want more details, I'm going to be doing Edgewater in Laughlin, Nevada, which I'm super excited about. But I think I, because I've never done these casinos, it'll be interesting if people are going to look at me. They'll be like, I, I wonder if they're going to say to me, are you Mexican? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm not. <laughs> I just go with it. <laughs> I just go with it. Be do like, you know any Spanish? Uh, I do not. Very un poquito. Mm. We'll talk about that when we come back. Joining me in the studio is comedian Mona Shake. I have no idea where this conversation is going, but I have a feeling it's somewhere funny. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. I'm Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640. Not a yes, sir. Not a follow-up. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seed in the floor. KFI AM640, more stimulating up. talk. Mo Kelly here. Gary and Shannon Show. Oh, my gosh. I almost forgot. It's time for me to give away $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. And you got to answer the phone. you got to pick up the phone, even though you won't recognize the number. If you don't pick up the phone, you can't win. And with that $1,000, maybe you can go see my guest in studio, Mona Shake. It's good to see you. you know? Once again, people, people don't know, this is the second time we've had the opportunity to dialogue. And I know you have a lot to say about a lot of contemporary issues. The whole Me Too, hashtag Me Too. Yeah. What does that mean to you as a woman and also a comedian right about now? I think it's probably the most empowering thing that came out of 2017 as a woman for me. I mean, I don't think I ever imagined, at least in my lifetime, to ever see a movement like that come around. For, for women to have that kind of power, to have that kind of voice, to come out and say, hey, you know what, I was a victim of uh, sexual abuse or I was you know, victimized by so-and-so powerful male and I can talk about it and actually not be, you know, call all kinds of terrible names and actually have a voice and actually be heard, that is pretty phenomenal. Do you have any experiences... <laughs> in which that you would be able to say me too. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think uh, the last time um, I was here, we were literally at the cusp of discussing that. And then we didn't. And then as the universe would have it two or three weeks later, the whole Harvey Weinstein thing blew itself wide open. What is com- comedy like? What is that environment like for a woman? Um, 
it's pretty. Um, let's say um, it's、uh, kind of like playing Call of Duty, but you have no guns.、Um, oh wow! <laughs> you're just getting attacked <laughs> from all angles and ducking and 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 slipping jabs and that kind of thing. Slipping、huh? jabs, yeah. You're just、uh, yeah. You're just actually you're just actually ducking、um, phone numbers and various. Uh, very unappealing pics coming your way.、Um, Sexual harassment is pervasive, then. Very, quite pervasive. Yes, absolutely. What type are we talking about? Okay, so、um, I'll give you a personal experience. You told me about the D pics. The what? I'm sorry. The D pics. The D pics. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't know I could say that. Okay, you could say D. You can see the D pics. Okay,、yeah. yes, yes, absolutely. So what we're dodging is、uh, D's and D pics. That's what we're dodging. We're like Neo at the in the Matrix. Just dodging. Oh, we're leaning back. You don't even understand. My back's killing. Like it. <laughs> that's how much we're leaning.、Um, but I have a personal story and think the last time、uh, we were talking about it, and I think I'll talk about it this time.、Um, I think、um, you know, as a, as an upcoming female comic, like you know, you're always told like, oh, don't rock the boat. You you get harassed. You get you get told kind of all kind of sexual awful things. And my experience was like,、uh, I think it was like the second time I was performing at the comedy store. I was in the belly room. I was doing a show,、um, and、uh, somebody very prominent by the name of Russell Peters. Oh, you're、uh, calling names today. Oh yeah, I'm calling names today. Oh, we're calling names. Is that all right? Wait, wait. Have you told this story anywhere before? No, first time. You're getting exclusive. You said Russell Peters, like Netflix. Russell Peters, one of the biggest comedians in yes, the world. Absolutely. Yes. That Russell Peters. That Russell Peters. Yeah. Go ahead. So Russell Peters、um, had met me a year before at the Improv、um, and didn't realize that I was a stand-up comic、um, and told me how much he had a foot fetish by looking at my feet, and、uh, which I was a little taken aback by.、Um, and then a year later,、um, we met again at the Comedy Store. He happened to be coming and、uh, hosting the show,、uh, so he was there、um, hosting the show. And this is how he introduced me to the stage. He said,、uh, "The next comic I'm about to bring up on stage." I've been trying to f her ever since I met her. Please give it up for Mona Shake, and that's how I was introduced on stage.、Um, and ever since then, whenever this person sees me, all they do is just like, "Hey, hey, Miss Shake, how you how you doing? You're looking good. You're looking good." This is Russell Peters. This is Russell Peters. Yeah. In other words, the behavior never stopped. It just never stops. It just never ends, and they just feel like it's cute. It's like it's like flirty, and it's like, dude, your girlfriend's standing right behind you.、Um, but、uh, yeah, it just kind of it just never ends. That's just who this person is, and there are, I'm sure there are other comics like him who get away with stuff all the time. Is that indicative of the industry more broadly, or just this person? I think that's indicative indicative of of the industry. Because、um, male male comics dominate. I mean, you go to the comedy store, right?、Um, which I love. I love going to the comedy store. Comedy store was started by Mitzi Shore, the great Mitzi Shore, who's still alive, but she is, you know, aged gracefully and doesn't is not really involved in the day to day running of comedy store. But she really started with the intention of giving people voices that regularly wouldn't have a voice. People、mm-hmm. like myself, right? You had a lot of Middle Eastern comics, or a lot of.、Um, You know, female comics who got a voice and who got a break, who became, who passed. You know, who would audition for her and would pass and become regulars. It's not like that anymore. It's straight up a white boys club. Okay, you go to the main room, you look at the lineup. Every lineup, every weekend from Friday to Saturday, and maybe even Sundays, it's all strictly white males. There's no. What about talent level? Are they passing on a talent level? <laughs> they're passing on. 
white male level. That's what they're passing on. I mean, there there is a one Asian dude in there uh, who has been pretty much doing the same set for the past ten years, um, and they just keep putting him on. There's not there's not a lot of breaks for people like myself. Um, you know, there's not. I have auditioned for the Booker, um, and I never but heard you from made him. It through. I did not make it through. No, oh, you did not make no, it through. No, no. People like me do not make it through. I mean, Comedy Store kind of has a reputation of n- people like myself not being able to make a breakthrough. What about the improv? Uh, the improv has been a little better, actually. They've been, you know, they've been diversifying quite a bit. You know, I've been pretty impressed by the improv's uh, lineup. They've really stepped their game up, and I've been pretty impressed by them. Didn't you headline there? I did a headline improv about a few years ago, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, but I also have my show at Irvine Improv that's coming up, Minority Reports, on January thirty first at eight o'clock. If you would like to come and uh, watch me uh, tell some jokes, um, that's going to be like eight o'clock show. But you can you know check out that stuff on my website. All right, when we come back, let's just have some fun. We got all that serious stuff out of the way. <sighs> Russell Peters, kiss my ass. <laughs> Thank you. Mine too. And we'll handle that on another conversation we're going to revisit that okay you broke some news here you called names here that you never told that story before publicly first and time. called names at least yes first time wow this is the gary and shannon show mo kelly in for gary and shannon kfi am 640 kfi am 640 more stimulating talks to gary and shannon show mo kelly here and joining me in studio is comedian mona shake you better remember the name now shake and bake mona during the break, we had a very spirited conversation. I'm going to gingerly ease into this. We were talking about D period pics. Yes. Pictures of D's that were being sent to you. Yeah. And I'm not going to fill in what D stands for. People are just going to have to use their imagination. Correct. But you said something which really surprised me. You're not against them. No, not at all. I think, uh, listen, I get international D-picks, I get local, and I'm I'm proud of them, and uh, I'll tell you why. I mean, you know what it is, like, I'm okay with D-picks, as long as they come with, like, a bank account, or, a, like, a credit report, you know, or, or if, or if it's, like, performing, like, a great humanitarian deed, like, if it's, like, <laughs> if it's, like, saving a drowning dog, or... Or like feeding a hungry child, that might be a little too much. <laughs> that's a little complicated. Uh, that's a little complicated one. <laughs> or like bungee jumping, or you know something adventurous, perhaps maybe, or maybe I don't know, like uh, catching you know like maybe cleaning up the garbage from the ocean, something like that, something to that effect. But you're not against a D pick. Not against a D pick because you're gonna get them regardless. Might I well. don't get them. No, because no, you're a dude. But, you know, if, you, if you're if you hanging out in a in a crowd that would like to send you a D-pick, it's not, it's not off limits anymore. How often do you get them? You know, I, I, I get them I get em once a month. That's not bad. It's not bad. Not yeah. that I have a point of reference. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like or, it would be bad. Or do you, Mo? <laughs> don't try to downplay it. <laughs> what else... Is on your mind these days, Mona. Let me put it like that. <laughs> Let me just get out of the way. What else is on my mind? Um, I I really pray that uh, um, Melania makes a run for it this year. <laughs> Why? 
Why? Is she like a hostage or something? I, I, yeah, she is. I mean, didn't you see the Christmas tree lights at the White House? It said, save me. <laughs> no, I didn't get that. Yeah, I, didn't get that I saw that, and I was like, "What?" Well, it's I was like, Melania, I think is gonna make a run for it this year, and I really hope she she makes a run for it with an FBI agent because that'll be like oh, that'll be adding insult to injury, the cherry on top. <laughs> she's like, I, I think she's might be just like tired of handbags. It's like I don't want handbags anymore. I want to run away. You get ready to get me in trouble now, making fun of our first lady like that. First lady is, you know, she's fantastic. She's, you know, I just, I just really want her to spill the beans at this point. You know, I want her to come on the Mo Kelly show and be like, I want to talk to you about secrets from Donald. Well, we we asked Omarosa to come on the program, but she she hung up on us. Oh no! Yeah, she supposedly is going to be writing a book and has secrets to share. Oh wow! Yeah, she can write. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm amazed she can even read. That's. that's... <laughs> Did you graduate from Trump University? What, what happened on that one? Um, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. They don't give diplomas out. Um, that's amazing. Omarosa. Okay. That's that's great. Wow. I mean, talk about identity crisis, right? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> a little confused. She's, oh, God. I want her to do a stand-up special called I'm Confused. Uh, that'd be amazing. I don't know if it would be funny, though. Um, no. What would be funny is watching a pa- having a panel of comedians make fun of her while she's doing the special. <laughs> be like the voice, just roasting her. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Just roasting her as she's like dishing out or trying to dish out comedy. How um, do audiences today, from what you see, re- respond to political comedy? Because we're so bitterly partisan. Yeah. When you start, because people who haven't heard your act, you will go in on Islam. Yes. You go in on president or Melania. How? What type of response do you get? You know, it depends. It depends on what the audience is. Uh, sometimes you go to certain rooms that are pretty conservative, and they're just uh, they have their arms folded, and then you have to start doing D jokes because they're just <laughs> they're just not feeling it. Yeah. Like, I, D jokes. That's nothing partisan about that's, them. That's always the great fallback. You know, who doesn't love a good D joke? I mean, come on. You know, you don't. If you don't laugh at a good D joke, you don't have a soul. That's all I gotta say. Wow. You know? Or you were like potty trained at gunpoint or something. Like something <laughs> bad happened to you as a child that you can't laugh at a good D joke. Like, come on, everybody looks loves a good D joke. But you also said that you will, I'll say, go in on Islam, make fun of Islam. Yeah. How was that re- received by possibly Muslim people in your crowd? You know, uh, that's interesting. You you said that um, I was featuring at. Uh, um, Flappers Comedy Club, uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before that. and um, In Burbank? In Burbank, yeah, yeah, right here in Burbank. And uh, it was interesting because um, there was a uh, there's a, a Muslim couple that apparently is a fan of mine, and they came to see the show. And they were like, we love you. And I was like, oh, thank you. And then I was going in on the whole Islam thing. Um, and then everybody around me who was non-Muslim was just like, that was amazing. And then the Muslim couple walked up to me, and they were like, all right, have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Never to see them again. Never to be heard from again, yeah. I mean, in my defense, the lady did have a beanie on her head, which I couldn't understand why she had a beanie on her head, so maybe that was preventing her ears from really listening to what <laughs> is it that I was saying. Uh, but yeah, sometimes, you know, uh, look, it's it, it's harsh, right? Like, I'm, I'm a comic first. That's mm-hmm. who I am first. And um, I just feel like nothing's off limits, you know? Islam is, uh, is, you know, everybody keeps talking about how, like, Islam is like, oh, my God, we can talk about it because Muslims get a little cranky. Wow. They get a little. 
<laughs> they get a little wear. So you have to be like everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's great. It's all everything's wonderful. Don't don't talk about it. And it's like, dude, come on. If we're if we can have a Me Too movement, we can also talk. We can also have a. Uh, let's talk about Islam movement. Real quickly, before we go to this next break, what are some of the things that you bring up about Islam, other than the patriarchy? Uh, other than the patriarchy, um, I think, uh, which is a part of my bit, is that um, you know one of the things that you always hear in the media is that Islam is a religion of peace. Um, and as someone who grew up in Pakistan as a Muslim, um, I can tell you that Islam is not a religion of peace. It is true. Uh-oh. It is it what? is it is it is pretty wild and pretty crazy. Wait, wait. Just like any other religion. What? Uh, just dropping a lot of bombs today. Dropping you go a from lot Russell of bombs. Peters to Literally. Islam is not a religion of peace. And you know Muslims dropping bombs, that's always a scary thought. Hold on, hold on. Okay, we're going to stop right there and you're going to have to explain yourself, young oh, lady, goodness. when we come back. What am I going to do? Mona Sheikh joining me in the studio. This is the Gary and Shannon show. Mo Kelly here, KFI AM 640. So KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Mona Shit joining me in studio. It's the Gary and Shannon Show. And Twitter is lit right about now. Lit. At Mr. Mo Kelly, M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y. Oh, my gosh. And if anything, the stuff that we're seeing on Twitter highlights the need for comedians to have the range to do and say as they please. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I believe... Um, not not that I'm including myself in one of those things, but I believe that uh, comedians are modern day philosophers. You know, like we're like Socrates with with D jokes. You know what I'm saying? Like that's who we are. We're like Plato. You know, just talking about eight jobs. That's that's who we are. <laughs> <laughs> just just doing these hand gestures. You guys can't see me, but I'm but like they can imagine. Things. Throwing gang signs at Mo right now. Um, but, yeah. Before the break, you said this incendiary statement that Islam was not a religion of peace. How dare you? <gasps> oh, my God. What's going to happen to me? Um, you know, um, it's, it's – I'm not going in grand detail about it, but um, all religions can be about peace, and then all religions are also not about peace, right? They're all contradictory all religions are contradictory. At one point, they'll be like, yeah, love everyone, but, you know, those Christians don't trust them. And it's just like, wait, what? Did you wait? Didn't you just tell me just like love everybody unconditionally? <laughs> um, so like one of the sayings that we grew up with in Pakistan was that you can eat with a Jew, but you cannot sleep in his house. Huh? You got to eat outside like a barbecue? You got to eat outside like a barbecue. You can eat with a Jew, but you cannot sleep in his house. You cannot eat with a Christian but you can sleep in his house. What the hell do you want me to do? Like, that is all very confusing, right? Because, like, Jews eat kosher and Christians don't. So, for Jew, kosher is the closest thing to halal, right? That's, mm-hmm. where, we, that's where we got it from. Um, so, like, when you have confusing messages like this, where you're like, I, I, don't, I don't know what you want me to do right now. Um, contradictory stuff, where you're like, okay, um, I mean... The reason I say why Islam is not a religion of peace because uh, there's there are a lot of sayings in um, in the Quran and in Islam that are not very warm or fuzzy. They're just not. Uh, you know, there are there are quotes and there are sayings that um, 
divide people. They tell you that, hey, um, you know, if you are uh, a Muslim, uh, that you have the last prophet and you are, you know, you in order for you to go to heaven, uh, you must follow Islam. I have a question. Yeah. The whole 72 virgins thing. Yeah. Where does that come from and and why are there so many wide and varied interpretations of that? It comes from a dude who never got laid. I think that's where that <laughs> comes from. <laughs> but, I mean, is it actually in the Quran? Uh, um there are many there are many interpretations that are been claimed. They claim that it was 72 raisins originally. But then how do you sell that to a terrorist, right? Like how do you <laughs> The dude would be like, wait, uh, you want me to kill myself for raisins? I'm not killing myself for raisins. It's like, aha, I got it. It's got to be virgins. And if you've never gotten laid, that seems pretty tempting. I don't know. Well, I should, maybe I shouldn't say that. I mean, if you've never had it and then you're just like, hey, guess what, buddy? I got good news for you. <laughs> so here's this vest. Is, is the idea of 72 women who have never had sex, why is that appealing? Because they've never had it. Because God knows if they know that if been, they've been with one virgin, they know it's bad enough. Why in God's name would you want to be with 72? <laughs> like, you know it's bad. Why you got to do 72? It's bad with one. Right? But they don't know any better. So that's why they they're keep them in the dark, right? They're like, yeah, 72. You know what it is, Mo? You'll never see, you don't see a lot of female uh, suicide bombers. Have you noticed that? Because they're not interested in 72 virgins? Because we're smart. Women are smart. We know it's bad enough to be with one virgin. Why would we subject ourselves to 72 of them? And listen. 72 guys to teach? 72 guys to teach. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And not just that. If a dude goes ahead and like blows himself up and he's your husband, guess what? You got some more D options that just opened up for you. <laughs> so you go get yours, honey. All right. Inevitably, people want to know how they can reach out to you and either send you a D pick or send you hate mail on Twitter. I'm gonna get a lot of. I'm gonna get, get a, a lot variety. of both. I'm gonna have like a D pick gallery that I'm gonna open up after because of this segment. <laughs> uh, well, people can uh, send me D pics, I guess. Just make sure you have a bank statement or credit report attached to it. Um, at uh, Well, you can see some of my work at uh, monashake.com, which is M-O-N-A-S-H-A-I-K-H for the non-ethnic people. Um, and uh, yeah, you can follow me on uh, Facebook at Monashake Comedian. You can follow me on Twitter at Mona's Comedy, Instagram, uh, Mona's Comedy. And uh, yeah, and uh, that's 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 where that all that magic happens. Mona, it's always good to see you. Well, it's always great to see you. Mona. And awesome. I wish people could hear... The stuff we were talking about off air. Oof. We did an off air podcast last time. Mm-hmm. And if you Google Mona Shake and Mr. Mo Kelly, you'll be able to find it on my website. Woo! Good stuff. All the stuff that we could not really talk about, we talked about in depth with the full length version of the words. And that everything. was a lot of fun. And real quickly, you're performing where and when again? So I'm going to be doing um, casinos this week. Um, and uh, so I'm going to be in uh, Laughlin, Nevada. I'm doing uh, Edgewater Casino. On Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Thursday, I'm doing a casino in Arizona. I don't remember the name. And then Monday, I'm doing another casino in Arizona in Pine Top called Honda Casino. So, you know, those slot machines. I'm going to be out there just using those quarters. Coming up next is the John and Ken Show. <laughs> Mona Shake, love you. See you soon. You're awesome. Thank you so much for having me as this always. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. I'm Mo Kelly. KFI AM 640. Have a wonderful day. Now here comes the news. 
And so we come to the end of another fun-filled episode of... Gary and Shannon. Home, where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.